Listen, Barry. <laughs> oh, shit. Okay, so we're going. All right, welcome. Welcome back again to another episode of the Holiday the 13th Podcast. I am your host, John Holiday, a.k.a. Barry. Uh, this is for my horror head, sci-fi freaks. No, no, sci-fi geeks and fantasy freaks. Cause y'all, and we got a fantasy movie today, so this one's for y'all. So I am here today with a... Well, with the uh, self-proclaimed uh, fantasy freak, go ahead. <laughs> Is that the kind of shit we're doing? Uh, <laughs> Alicia here. Um, yeah, Alicia, Labyrinth Art Collective. Uh, I also have a day job, but this uh, the Labyrinth is a little more fun. Um, yeah, local Art it. Collective, like dig to do. It. Mm-hmm. We're, oh, I'm just saying dig it. Yeah. Got it, I'm got sorry. it. Oh, no worries. Um <laughs> Yeah, Labyrinth Art Collective uh, in Tower District next to Spokeasy. We do a bunch of random things there. People always ask us, so what do you do? And it's like, well, a little bit of everything. <laughs> if you're into something weird, come let us know. That is true, yeah. Yeah, our, our main mission is really to give um, more access to performance spaces, especially by folks, marginalized folks, people who you know want to don't see themselves on stage as mm-hmm. often. And so that's been probably the most gratifying thing about running that space and we are uh, currently looking to build, you know, update some things in the building. We do have a GoFundMe out. Um, you can look up Labyrinth Art Collective on GoFundMe, and you should find it. Or you can go to our Instagram, which is at Labyrinth Art Collective. <laughs> um, and you can find the information in our bio there. Um, if you want to help support us, if not, come see a show. Come to Art Hop. Um Come say hi, message us. Uh, I'm usually answering those messages. So if you have an idea and you're thinking, that's kind of weird, I don't know if there's a place I could do that, and you're, it's usually at our spot. Yeah. So. I was going to say, what, so what got you in all to, into this creative space that you're in? So like I said, I have a day job. It's pretty busy. <laughs> um, I have a career in science, which is great mm. and everything. But okay. there's also, you know, you need to feed other parts of your of your psyche and your soul and all of that. So a few years ago, I moved back to Fresno. I was gone for a while. And um, I kind of started doing the event. It was, it was a live art and performance event. It was kind of random. I had been in L.A. for years and went to Dr. Sketchies and some other events that were like, art and performance and I just missed it mm-hmm. so and I was going through some things at the time um, mm-hmm. and didn't really expect to move back to Fresno <laughs> um, but started doing that event as kind of just a, a healing really just to kind of build a small community of people who like I mean people don't realize I'm an introvert I'm a social introvert I like to do things <laughs> but you know I like also like my alone space and yeah, introspection yeah. and all of that yes, so yeah, yeah I'm heavy on that yeah you have out. to it's like it's like a computer you can't have all your tabs open all the time right you gotta like rest and you it's gotta that, recharge it's like that meme circulating with Zendaya with like my brain is like a a uh them tabs like it's music playing <laughs> it's a hundred tab I don't know what the music well, yeah I don't know where the music's coming for da, 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 da. yeah because sometimes I'm like, why the fuck is that song in my head? But you doing something totally different, yeah. So, yes, I agree with you. If you don't uh, have spaces or hobbies or something you can do to sift through and exercise that psychic material, I've really been on that. Like, I've been reading a lot of uh, C.G. Young and shit like that and uh, uh, Jung, I'm sorry, and nice. uh, lots of philosophy and shit just to exercise my brain. And that's it and that's all. I'm not trying to be smarter than anybody challenge anybody it's like some things are just worth pondering you know what i mean like we're here we're here yeah like let's let's experiment let's explore like we're we're built for exploration but we get so uh tied up in um mundanity and modernity and we get comfortable and complacent 
And it's something I mm. read. I've been quoting a lot of motherfuckers lately, but I, uh, <laughs> uh, I've been quoting a lot of motherfuckers. But uh, no, Dostoevsky said, like, um, uh, don't be lukewarm. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Yeah. Don't it's be a lukewarm. fuck yes or no. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Don't and that's lukewarm. life. You know, presence is a is a practice <clears throat> and not to go on a tangent and all that shit. Hey, but we do that yeah, here. Yeah, we do. I know. I do it a lot. You got to bring me back. <laughs> yeah, come on. Come um, on. But yeah, with philosophy, it's an, it's an exercise in presence. And, uh, and exercise in presence. Yeah, okay. and that's where, where like we're that. really living. Sometimes you got to lay back and look at the clouds. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, I, I heard. Uh, yes, yeah, some people need to watch the clouds. Yeah, yes. just take it. Let your let yourself do your thing. And then, so the labyrinth kind of started as that because I needed to heal. And art yeah. is cathartic. And a lot of yes. it was kind of like, well, if I don't have a weird place to perform, I'm going to make it. And because like I do, it, yeah. I do fire performance and some dance too. So I just was like letting the freak flag fly, and I found a <laughs> bunch of people that I, you know, I didn't know before and. Yeah. It, it, that's, it yeah, that's, how we, yeah. that's how we linked up. Yeah. Yeah. And so pandemic happened, obviously a lot of that stopped and I was doing it out of another venue. And then after I won't get into all that, but fighting for the tower theater for a few years. And yeah, then I that. Yeah. this spot, it used to be Fresno SoCo. Mm-hmm. So it's a little black box theater. Been that for a long time was empty for a few years. And we found out about it. Me and my um, ex-partner um, found out about it and didn't really want to let another venue um sit there mm-hmm. and and honestly um after all of that i just wanted a place to let our existence be our protest and mm. for you know create some fortitude and and celebrate mm-hmm. and enjoy <laughs> it's a great, it, it is a great uh place great space i mentioned it uh often on this podcast it just comes up out of nowhere like because we talk about tower a lot because most people i have on had that i have on here i met in tower but Obviously, I don't live in Tower, but whenever I'm not here, I'm in Tower. So, like, I kind of, this is my own Tower in here. This is my little weird space, you know what I mean? But, yeah, cause it's my haven. Yeah, it's my haven. Because, you know, I, um, I think what I like about Tower is there, people are people there. Uh, I don't like being too many other places because uh, everybody just acts so fake and incongru- incongruous to, you know, what what, what we would say is the d- decency, you know what I'm saying? Just, yeah, out of I like alignment being, with what they believe or you know feel like. That people what, say, though? I want cool shit, I want fun shit, and then when it happens, they don't really support it. Fresno's funny like that, and I try not to lament too much about it, but I think all of us that have grew up, I've grown up here, and then I moved away, came back, and I'm like, come on, grow up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's so like, much talent. But like There's you said, yeah, we, we, we won't lament about that. But, uh, but I do like the actual name of it, uh, <laughs> Uh, art collective that's where did that title go from? so funny story um and i'll it'll i'll make it quick um it started out my event years ago started out as i called it the art lab and then i had just moved back so i didn't know a lot of people and whatnot and then this art company hit me up and said hey that's our name we're a registered business and so on oh. and so forth and long story short um because you know for i understandably they had already built their business yes, so yeah, yes. I, I was more like yes of course i'll change my name you, you know gotta capitulate sometimes. yeah mm-hmm. and labyrinths i've always been intrigued by them we can talk about that probably yeah. for an hour but i won't yeah. um i'm very drawn to labyrinth i have talking. a big labyrinth on my back so it's like yeah. <laughs> but i think the um so that's where it came from. I just decided to go that route because in my old event, it was kind of different rooms and wind, you know, wound around a little bit. And it was like kind of ex- an exploration. And one of my favorite symbols is the man in the maze. Um, I just want to show you the name of that because that's the princess of a creek because I yeah. love the Minotaur story and the labyrinth and all of that. I love that Have story. you seen series Dark? 
I have not. Watch it. Okay. Ariadne okay. Is, comes up in. Oh, that. really? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. She's one of my favorite uh, uh, <laughs> characters of, from antiqu- antiquity. Like, no, and I, and I just love that name. Interesting and story. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I was like, oh. Cause labyrinth, that was like, uh, cause I like the minotaur and all that shit. Yeah. So uh, I like that that title, which brings us in to what? Well, you finished with your story. I'm sorry. Yeah. So yeah, pretty much. It was just like I changed the name, and I liked labyrinth, and labyrinths have a special meaning to me personally and symbolically. Mm-hmm. Um, there's the the Hopi symbol um, e toy, which is uh, the man in the maze, and that's been something that's been yeah, that's personally important. Say. So I just was like, you know what? Let's call it the labyrinth, and it's you know it's a fi- it's a journey through life, and it's yes. a presence journey, <laughs> and that's kind of the story of the man in the maze. Is like we're not ever done living till we're done, and so don't 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 be so focused on the end or the beginning or the you know be focused on the now because mm-hmm. that's. That's mm-hmm. where you need to be. That's all yeah. you can. That's all you, the only place you yeah. can be. Yeah. So yeah. being tied to outcomes really will grade on you. But um, so that brings us to the title of the movie that we're talking about. That today. was an accident. Yeah. <laughs> so we we was talking about what we we're gonna do because we had to make it movie, film, or some tor- sort sort of literature art um, adjacent. So I was like, I'll pick a movie. First, she said Donnie Darko, but I was like, me and my nephew got to do that, but he got one more time to flake on me already. He, sure. that's, that's getting skipped, and we'll come back. But then you said uh, Pants Labyrinth. I was like, you know what? We sure the fuck can. So I was like, I put that on my watch list and had to rewatch it. But uh, for you, for people that don't know, Pants Labyrinth is a Spanish film. I actually don't know how to say the Spanish title. Do you know it? El Labrito del Fano. Yes, thank you. Because uh, I will fuck Found? up. I will fuck up. I'm some not shit. fluent, and yes. I barely speak Spanish. So. Well, I know that means the, labyr- <laughs> the labyrinth of the fawn is what it means. But in America, they called it uh, Pan- Pan's Labyrinth, and it was written and directed by one of my favorite filmmakers, Guillermo del Toro. Yep. Uh, he-, he ain't let me down yet. Uh, not a bad one yet. Yeah, seriously. And um, so the movie itself is a night is. It's 1944, and the Allies have invaded Nazi-held Europe in Spain. A troop of soldiers are sent to a remote forest to flush out rebels. They are led by the Captain Vidal, is that his name? Mm -hmm. Okay, Captain Vidal, and a a murdering sadist with, uh, sorry, with him all the new... With his new wife, Carmen. I'm sorry, you're going to let me smoke. Now I got to read. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't let you. <laughs> there go. Stimulate your mind. <laughs> she really smoking me right now. Like, I-, I drink. <laughs> her, uh, and her daughter from a previous ma- uh, marriage, 11-year-old Ophelia. Ophelia witnesses her stepfather's uh, satanistic brutality in a non- and, a, and it's drawn to Pan's Labyrinth, a magical world of mythical beings. So that's the synopsis for Pan's Labyrinth. And it stars, and I will fuck up some names, so can you read the names? Sergi Lopez, Maribel Verdu, Doug Jones. <laughs> I love Doug Jones. And Ariadna Gill. <laughs> Why'd you get deep like Doug Oh, because <laughs> we just talked about Ariadna. Ari- oh, yeah. Ariadna. Ar- Ar- yes, yeah. Ariadna, yeah. But so, what, what 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 do you like about the film? Like, what's oh the- wow? Um, if I were to if like off the top of the head, like about it, I'm big on aesthetics. So, oh, that's in my notes. The yeah, aesthetics. it's <laughs> just it's just a pretty cozy movie to watch, uh, and I you know maybe you know we'll give kind of a look at the first thing I wrote. Oh, really love the aesthetic of the film. All right, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's 
It's I'm big on environments. I think yes, <laughs> duh, I run a space. So. Yes, um, but yeah, yeah. I'm big on environments, and like I will like I like I told you when you asked me to do this. I'm like, well, I'm not a movie buff. I have like mm-hmm. you know rotation of favorites I watch, and mm-hmm. uh, you know over and over again. This is one of them. Yeah. Um, but it's I'm big on environments and the delivery of a story. I think yeah, casting. Yeah. I think it matters so much. How it's like dance. It's like there's you can be technical as all hell, but if it isn't enjoyable and relatable, uh-huh. and you're not feeling an exchange, then whatever you know. That, and Guillermo del Toro does an awesome. I was about to say. I think awesome that's why I love that. certain filmmakers, and he's one of them because I don't think he's made a movie that he was that he wasn't. I don't think passionate about. But I think he's cared on every film he made. You know what I mean? Because even something like Pacific Rim, like I love that movie. Even it's, I like kaiju films, but that movie just has a. a it's pretty. A, it's pretty. It's, yeah, and it, <laughs> it has a great heart about it. All his movies have some some real heart about it. But but continue with. Um, yeah, and I think that besides the aesthetics, I think another thing is just the depth of storytelling, and I think yeah. he does that in every film he does. Mm-hmm. He does a lot of uh, relatable things. You know, anybody who's kind of had a point in life and a lot of us have in childhood where he does a lot of child hero heroes yeah. and heroines. like yeah. he does a lot of um you know uplifting or, or exploring that perspective of the story it's kind of from that vantage point in you know what if ophelia is experiencing mm-hmm. it's her mm-hmm. experience of of this of this of these happenings and it's like so, so we said we got into the synop, uh, synopsis of it, but just to tell a brief. Oh, yeah, uh, <laughs> no, 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 no. You, I, that, I go off writing. You got to tell you got to pull me back. No, no, that was good. That was good. So now, now that you you know gave that delivery, you can lead right into this. So we can at the actual somewhat of the story. I'm not gonna recount everything, but like like how you said, it's uh, Yama del Toro is good with the child protagonist being the hero thing. And I think because they're still open to imagination and things like that. Mm-hmm. His his characters are always just grumpy old people, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. People telling you not to dream, you know. I, I, I noticed that his character, his character, I love his characters that he makes for his film. So in this movie in particular, uh, Captain Vidal is an underrated movie char- uh, movie villain after our, upon a rewatch because I haven't watched this movie in years, so when we suggested it, yeah, I watched it again. And I was like, yeah, I remember I really liked this movie. Yeah, so to tell the story, you have Ophelia. Uh, they're moving into the woods, into the forest, to be with her mother's new father, the captain of you know this regiment. He's basically so, a dictator. Yeah, basically, <laughs> yeah, his own uh, mini Mussolini, uh, yeah. uh, so to speak. Yeah, his little uh, mini <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm a Mussolini's mini me. <laughs> no, so they, so this again, what I like about the movie. So you have this war going on. Uh, you have these rebels in the forest, and, but but in this, uh, you have Ophelia, who's an imaginative, and I think she's just a, a proxy character. Uh, I I relate to the character, you know, always walk, always got a book and a story in her mm-hmm. hand, an escapist. Uh, I, I'm an escapist. That's why I, I I do love this character, and I think it's well acted. Uh, watching it again, I'm like, damn, you know that because the film carries weight and it's on the shoulders of this child actress, and yeah, she did pretty good. So you have her, you have Ophelia. Uh, she finds these books that draw into this uh, magical land, and there she meets Stefan, who doesn't say his name, but again, in America we call it Pan's Labyrinth. Pan, yeah, but yeah. he just says, "I'm I'm the Fawn," and he gives her uh, in the vein of Hercules and his labors. He gives her a list of things to do. This goes back to that. 
fairy tale, you know, mythology uh, trope, you know, so I did like that. I was like, okay, cool. Uh, I love that hero's journey shit. Um, yeah, and Pan is a pretty, when and in, <clears throat> in folklore is a pretty neutral character. Mm-hmm, he kind of mm-hmm. presents her with dilemma and assignment, but really choice. Mm-hmm. It was really up to her. Mm-hmm. So it's like the way he prefers to be, it's like he's of the earth, basically. Yeah, so... Well, while she's going through this, her uh, proverbial labors, in, 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 but that's kind of in the fore, foreground. Because I'm like, yeah, she's escaping this. But when the true horror of the story is what's happening in the real world, you know, you just have people fighting for survival and, uh, and a dictatorship literally saying who, who, who's deserving of life. And, 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 you know, like the hatred against humanity. I think that's uh, one of Guillermo del Toro's linchpins i should say Mm -hmm. um just to be a person like it always says he sides with the monsters like nobody ever understands the monsters but but i get that like if you're weird or whatever people look at you and shun you Mm -hmm. sometimes like mostly in childhood once you're older and realize oh no i'm not i'm just smarter than you motherfuckers you know yeah there's a lot of of relatability in his characters and there's a lot of like social commentary alongside a personal commentary yes like he'll explore a personal story but also there's a context usually of something with a lot of so I like how you have all those uh, fantastical elements juxtaposed with just the real gritty grimy shit because mm-hmm. you see Vidal uh, beats people to death when they end up telling the truth about the rabbits yeah that that, that part is visual it's very effective very yeah, effective could, yeah content warning <laughs> yeah content warning <laughs> lots yeah. of content warnings content yeah. warning so yeah you have Vidal they, they find some people in the woods like I was hunting rabbits uh but he doesn't believe him, so he beats a kid to death with a bottle, shoots his dad. Then it turns out they search him, and they really have rabbits. And his only retort is, search him, make sure you search him before you come bugging me. Like, this killing these people was just a minor inconvenience, you know what I'm saying? And just the... <clears throat> the, the heartlessness of mm-hmm. his like his his lack of accountability mm-hmm. you know, just and like, it's still <laughs> just kick, kick the can down the road you mm-hmm. know I'm still like don't bring him to me i, I had to kill him because you brought him like yeah. how dare you make me hurt you yeah, yeah. right oh yeah. Shit. <laughs> we're gonna touch him no but seriously so um but then for some reason uh carmen uh ophelia's mother you know she's expecting she's his child and it's very important. It's a boy. He even tells the doctor, bitch, don't you play with me. When he says, how do you know it's going to be a boy? Don't fuck with me. He, he gave it the doctor that Ike look. Uh, but it, it, <laughs> he, like, yeah. was, he was awful. Yeah. yeah so uh, she's expecting so it's going to be Ophelia's brother, uh, baby brother. So Ophelia is precocious, but she's offered some grace because she's the daughter of his wife. But, you know, she gets into trouble doing her labors. And this is this is what I like about the movie. When she actually, uh, the this is the fantasy world Guillermo del Toro creates. And this this where I can go off on it. Because, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm into all that mythical shit. Even as a kid, you know, Willow is one of my favorite mm-hmm. movies. I, I love that movie. And I love, again, watching it. Um, I was an adult when I watched it, but I did like it how how it goes through the child protagonist's eyes. Because again, they're they're the ones that still dream. They're the yeah. ones. We still... all have an inner child. Yeah, and that's yeah. what you think he's. <clears throat> well, I mean, this is always my relatability to to Guillermo del Toro. Is he's, I think he tries to remind us of that. Mm-hmm. Like there's still that in you, mm-hmm. and relate and brings you to the center of that story. It's like the eye of the storm. Yes. And childhood sometimes is like a storm. So it's yeah. like he brings you inside that experience whether you've had it or not and 
reminds you 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 still have an inner child that's very strong. He's a director for dreamers, man. Mm-hmm. Like, people that yeah, love to dream. Yeah, that's a great way that, to put it. Yeah, that, oh, 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 might be a title. Okay, <laughs> anyway, you give me a t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Um, no, so she goes uh, through this, and when she she uh, um, comes across this big toad, that part was nasty. Uh, I really, cause I really don't like uh, insects and shit like that. But again, it was effective. But then that causes drama in the world, real world, uh, because she dirties her dress for a dinner, so that embarrasses the captain and things like that. And even he's real dismissive to her, like she still thinks her stories are interesting. You know what I mean? She's like, just a bother to him. You know what I'm saying? And and, 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 and I was like, damn, you know, she was just trying to tell her story. Oh, now, now all of a sudden I'm, I turned 38, so now I actually care about people's feelings now. <laughs> you know, I went through my whole life just being a jerk without like, talk to her like that you know i just because well, you realize you have them too yeah exactly exactly what's i was like that's oh. usually where it comes from i was like oh shit dude that's those are my feelings that's mm-hmm. what that is it's yeah. not just rage yeah oh. anger's an emotion yeah, but i'm saying it just no matter what i was feeling i did mm-hmm. just came out as anger you know what i mean so if i'm sad i'm like oh no this won't do yeah so it's now, like angry crying yeah. basically mm-hmm. so now i'm like yeah be nice to your wife but anyway no, no, because it just shows more of his villainy, I should say, because you don't care. Because even some villains are redeemable because they care about something. You know what I mean? That that, that is to, to be truly villainous, I think, because if not, it's perspective. If you take your perspective away, then I just can't agree with shit you're saying. You know? but, but that's needed because it's people like that. And well, it's a lot of times like in that. life, villainism is an issue of um, someone... What do they say in the Matrix? Know yourself. Know thyself. You know, yeah. like uh. there's some incongruence with mm-hmm. what you want. You, a lot of times people who are monsters don't really want to be. Mm-hmm. It's just a lack of effort to. I mean, that's a whole other conversation. But no, 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 no. <laughs> but it's a lack of effort to know yourself enough and know how to move about around the things you need to. And Th- that's why I'm appreciative of these characters he, mm-hmm. he gives us because it's like you you, uh, you can see it in real life. So going on with the story uh, with the story. Um, Ophelia is given more tasks, and every time she enters these worlds, you uh, and this one, our man Doug Jones comes in. He's a he's a, what's funny about Doug Jones, I can always tell when it's him because he does all. If you ever seen a movie when you had somebody in some makeup, that was damn Doug Jones. Uh, uh, what's the one? Uh, damn, um, Hocus Pocus. Oh, uh, nice. the okay. zombie, I forget the zombie's name, Doug Jones. He was Abe Sapien in the original Hellboy, he, uh, Shape of Water. I think he was the um. The bodysuit. Uh, nice. Whenever it's a corpse or whatever, because he's so frail and skinny, so it's easy to apply prosthetics to, on him. So he's the man to call. Mm-hmm. So uh, what's funny, I would always see his name. I'm like, who the fuck is Doug Jones? <laughs> and then I, uh, liking, liking Guillermo del Toro, I would watch the, the behind-the-scenes footage of his movies. And so when I heard, when I seen Doug Jones and him talking, you know, it was, uh, I was like, oh, shit, that, that's that dude. So one day I was watching... Uh, What's the vampire one? What we do in the shadows? What we do in the shadows? Is that is that the name of it? <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Because this is my first time watching it. My friend introduced me to it, so I'm watching it, and then the the zombie. It was a it was a a character came like a zombie or something or some type. Was it of, the old the the vampire master? Is that what it was? I think maybe. And I, I mean, like, I don't know which. I don't know what he did in that. So. But, but I just said that looked like Doug Jones, and she's like, "What the fuck?" Because he was all in prosthetics, like. Like, is that slang? I don't and I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's like, hey, you can't see a lot. I said, I bet this Doug Jones. And she's like, okay. So she Googled it and she's like, and she, she's like, how the fuck, how the fuck do you know that was Doug Jones? I was like, 
because like his mannerisms too. Like he's become one of my favorite actors, much like Andy Serkis. You know, he's always in mocap, you know, because he was Gollum. He was Caesar. Yeah. He was calm. But he, but you know, it's him. It's a noticeable, like his mannerisms are Yeah, even though it's, that's still a sort of a a form of prosthesis is that that mocap CGI. So, yeah. Um, So that's what I like about the movie. And again, Guillermo goes into great detail with the characters he creates too. I really believe these are some of the creatures in his nightmares. You know, I love the Alice in Wonderland parallels. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of them. Okay. Side point, a few years ago, I went to um, an exhibit at LACMA when I still was living in LA. I'm not sure if I was there still. Or anyways, I went to the exhibit. Um, they had a lot of his notebooks. Oh, And okay. it was really neat. That's probably my favorite part of the whole exhibit. It had a lot of the art and, mm-hmm. you know, prosthetics and stuff. And all of it was really interesting. But the notebooks were so telling about how he constructed um, the stories and, okay. and where he pulled, you know, mm-hmm. um, parallels or reference from. And it was a lot of, there's a lot of Alice in Wonderland parallels in the movie. In the, in, uh, in Pan's Labyrinth. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I actually, it's, yeah, that should have been apparent, but I actually didn't make any of those, uh, yeah, I actually didn't make any of those, uh, similarities. They're a little more subtle. Oh, uh, yeah. They're a little yeah. more subtle. No, and no, then- I get, now I'm thinking about it. Yeah, it's, yeah, I get it now. Um, but, but, but even the, so even with that, with Alice being in all the blue and shit, I love Ophelia in her green. Mm-hmm. I really love that. That's and I love how she she always ends up in green. I, mm-hmm. And I just think it's real regal, you know. And um, oh, so getting on with the movie, you have Ophelia now. She actually fucks up um, because Pan gives her these fairies to protect her, help her out, and she's giving a a a, a mission. And her only rule is don't eat from this buffet. It's yeah. something that's called. The chaff soul eater, soul eater. Yeah, talking about Doug Jones. He's the one in the makeup and the prosthetic for it. Um, but she doesn't follow the rules. She eats some grapes. She done fucked her whole life up for some grapes. And then Pan's fairies get eaten. So he mad. So he's like, you know, you can't come back to the spot. You know, fuck you. And so now, again, it's in concert with the real world because her her, ba- her mother is sick. Mm-hmm. And her baby bro- her brother's being born. He's born. Her mother doesn't make it. So now Ophelia's pretty much alone, uh, if not for the caring and um, of um, Mercedes. Mercedes, yeah, yeah. I was thinking Carmen, yeah. Which is um, the she works in the house. She's a servant in the house, but she's also the sister of one of the rebel leaders. She's probably my favorite character. I love Mercedes. Yeah, I really mm-hmm. do. Cause she again, she's caring, she's nurturing. So she has that. Well, she's but then, down as fuck. But then she really would the shits, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? So and she infiltrated and these and she goes on to t- tell Vidal, like, this is why I've been able to get away with shit. Cause you don't think nobody is smarter than you. That's your problem, that's your downfall. You made it easy. You know what I'm saying? She talking shit to the bitch. Well, she knew good well she was gonna probably die for that. You know what I'm saying? But but what did she do? She went out swinging. So mm-hmm. but so I like that. So now, uh, after this, Ophelia is really needs to go to this lab and she needs to reach. Because Pan tells her that she's a reincarnated princess mm-hmm. and she needs to be in this kingdom. She has the birthmark to prove it. Uh, and the kingdom that it showed, man, it looks. I love how it looks. It's oh. a beautiful wrap. Yeah. It's, yeah. And it's, yeah. I think I cry every time. Yeah. Like a little bitch. Yeah, okay. I, no, let, I do. Let that bitch, let that bitch cry. <laughs> let that bitch cry. <laughs> I, I, 
I care. I care. It's about, a good. It's I care a, about it's, bitches it's now. A, it, it's because you see her go through all these phases of childhood, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. a lot of it, the, the parts of childhood where you have to grow up before you're supposed to, and yeah. the mistake was was yeah. really a, a reflection of how much responsibility she had too mm-hmm. young. Growing up before you're supposed to are indicative yeah. in, a, in, in in a lot of these stories. Yeah. Now, another one since we're talking, uh, the Golden Compass. Oh, uh, I love that. Yeah, oh. yeah, I like that one too. So anyway, uh, Ophelia is given a final mission to redeem herself, and she's told not to ask questions. And her mission is to take her little brother and bring her to the world. Um, but when she finds out that his blood needs to be sacrificed, Pan tells her just a prick. I'm not gonna hurt the baby, but she still refru- refuses. Um, but she met Pan in a labyrinth, and she was being pursued by Vidal, who's been drugged. Who's been drugged, but he's on a rampage. Things then clash. The rep, the final comp- uh, confrontation between the rebels and the military regime, mm-hmm. regime has come to a head, and the rebels on this battle uh, are victorious, even though they've been taking L's through the whole movie. But so now Vidal's out of luck. He needs his son. In apprehension, he ends up shooting um, Ophelia. Mm-hmm. So in this, this is why I think the movie is great because now you're like, and it's actually a wrap up because the movie starts like that. Yes. So it starts with her. And you're bleeding. not quite sure what's going on. Exactly. Yeah. So now it's like, damn, was this all in her head? Damn, what what, what really happened there? Because you care about Ophelia. You know what I'm saying? You see her go through this. Um, you you are her for a bit. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It's, um, but it. Her sacrificing herself was the test she needed to pass, and she's reunited with the king queen. We see Carmen, uh, and, and isn't she holding the baby? Yes, she's holding the baby on the throne. Uh, I don't remember. Me neither. Yeah, I don't and remember. I just watched it, but uh, I, I, I remember Ophelia's holding the baby. Um, Mercedes holds the baby as she goes out to shoot Vidal. So when, um, when, um, when okay, so Ophelia reaches her kingdom, so she's reincarnated as this princess. Uh, again, I think the movie's just saying this was her escaping that, you know, but perception is reality. So if, if mm-hmm. she died in the throne room of her parents, they, and then and with her parents, her mom, you see the same actress who played her mother, Carmen, is now this queen in this regalia. And, and the costume design is a really beautiful thing I love about Guillermo del Toro movies. His attention, the devil was in the details with him. I really love his attention to details. But what you said... I wrote down my notes. I really love the aesthetics of his films, the color palette, the gray filter, all of that. And I said, um, Guillermo del Toro always has a way of realizing his worlds. Mm-hmm. You know, so when you were talking, I'm like, shit, I'm just going to let her say what she got to say. <laughs> She's saying. He does. He puts these, you right in it. These are my notes. Uh, always great casting. I love the yeah. casting in his movies. Uh, the actors, their roles, and who they are. Another reason I like Pacific Rim, you have Idris Elba, who I like who I love, but you don't normally see men of color in those roles like that because he's pretty much the authoritative figure in that movie, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And he's kind of like the begrudging hero, uh, you know, the the he's that Bruce Willis, uh, John McClane character. You don't, you don't get those too many characters like yeah. that in movies like this, in monster sci-fi movies, you know what I mean? And me being a nerd like that, I'm like, <laughs> cool. Like, you, uh, uh, Stacker Pentecost is one of my favorite movie characters, you know, because played by Idris Elba. I love monster movies. Like, yeah, man, well, we can fight monsters too. Shit. Like, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's really the whole, I mean, in my opinion, I always talk about how I relate to it, and I think as, as everybody experiences art, um, but that's one of the big takeaways is like, the integrity. I think that's a big pull away from. I I, I see a lot of Mercedes teaching Ophelia how mm. to 
how to be strong and mm-hmm. and by and they show a lot of the fear mm-hmm. and there's a lot of times we'll see tropes like a a protagonist's hero type trope where they're mm-hmm. they're all strength and no fear and mm-hmm. they both exist and that's really how you overcome those things is to look at them like they show mercedes like she she had she had some guts to do mm-hmm. what she did mm-hmm. but she was freaking out right after like like she knew i'm probably gonna die yeah. you know i'm gonna fucking but, die but 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 it's um like a mio miyamoto musashi says man to to die without all your weapons and she is dishonorable mm-hmm. if you're gonna die you die utilizing everything at your disposal which again that's that that's that that will like cool yes i gotta die but you taking me kicking and screaming. You or like know the doctor. When the doctor. Like the doctor. And, and he's like, basically like, he accepted. Fuck you. Yeah, he yeah. accepted his fate. Wasn't mm-hmm. nothing he can do, but he said, listen, you know, this, you ain't going to get this. You ain't going to get mm-hmm. this, this young man because Vidal tortures a guy for information and he asks for a mercy kill. He tells the doctor, kill me, because we don't know what well, the captain doesn't know. The doctor, who's a, who's a good character. And, and, yeah. and again, he's a recurring character in uh, Guillermo del Toro mm-hmm. films. Um, but so he he uh, kills the dude so he can't be tortured anymore. But then Videl realizes he's a, he's the the informant, so he kills him. But the way it goes out is like, I ain't gonna beg, you ain't gonna get that satisfaction. And uh, yeah, so I did like that with that with that integrity. But uh, another thing with this movie, we talked about the uh, villains. So I wrote down he knows how to make a villain, Guillermo del Toro. And oh, I love the cast. Yeah, he truly knows how to make a villain. And I wrote down this Guillermo del Toro's filmmaking is like one of the last bastions of adult fairy tales yeah. and horrors. Like I love, I love fairy tales as a kid. But then when you grow up, you you still love them. So I love in a good adult fairy tale movie like we spoke on um, Three Thousand Years of Longing. I love yeah. that. It's a fairy tale movie for yeah. adults. I love that. Where shit. you could get involved, <clears throat> enveloped in it, like you did mm-hmm. when you were a kid. Mm-hmm. And it's because there, he's including elements that we're aware of. Like, it, well, I was that's too old for a kid, but I mean, I probably would have watched it when I was a kid. Oh, I yeah, I would have loved, loved that shit as a kid. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and uh, I like every cautionary tale in this in um, real life, in the real life world, so it's more frightening, you know. So, again, we have all these fairy tale elements, but what's going on in the real world is the true horror of this film. And, and I really do like that about. Tutorial films because like the shape of water mm-hmm. okay she fucking a fish but the movie is <laughs> just like the fish the really <laughs> <laughs> but the movie is really about bigotry and shit like that so you have uh, all this discrimination yep. against um her black friend she she's deaf uh she has her gay neighbor and and all it is but you have this outcast and this outcast you know and he fi- pulls you into that experience yeah so so no i, I like how his movies are always about that but it, with those type of movies, I like, um, and this is one of the first fa- Spanish language movies I watch, so I have a connection oh, yeah? to it. Like, yeah, because I remember wanting to watch it. I'll give you a few. <laughs> um, no, because I remember, oh, I, oh, I'm on them now. I remember wanting to watch it, so I like, it didn't have the option for the English thing. So I watched foreign movies, but they were just, I just always assumed all movies had an English dub. So when I you like English dub? I like subtitles. I like subtitles. Yeah, yeah I just I just assumed that's just how you watched them because you know I didn't know until I uh, had disposable income I can actually start buying DVDs. Right. So I would buy them and be like, oh shit, okay. So when I watched it, because uh, I already like to read, so I'm like, okay, cool. And um, 
No, no, I loved it. And I remember everybody telling me to watch it. So I'm like, okay, cool, dude, cool. So uh, what else was I going to say? This is why I got to take my notes. Um, <laughs> no, oh, this is my last uh, uh, point because I like the story within the story, uh, all of that. And it reminds me of movies that do that with the wartime fantasy shit, yeah. like uh, Bed Knobs and Broomsticks. Remember that? <laughs> yeah. So you got a war going on, but this fantastical story in the background. Mrs. Uh, Peregrine and the peculiar, peculiar Children or something like that. I don't think I've seen that. Okay, it's a Tim Burton film, but it's like that. She pretty much, they're stuck in World War II. So every day, so in World War II, the house was, house was bombed and everybody died. But she has this power to where she can reset time. So every time before the bombs are about to drop, she has to restart the day. Okay. So in order for them to live. So they've been living the same day since that day in 1940, whatever. So it's like you have they're they still living in the wartime, but it's juxtaposed with the with the current time and the characters that are interacting with them. Got but it. I like those kind of movies. Lion Witch in the wardrobe. Yeah. That's going on yeah. during the war, but then they escape to this fantasy world. I remember reading those when yeah, I was a kid. That, and the kid. Yeah, when I was a kid, I remember reading that in school. That's one of the books that got me into reading. And one of my favorite movies, Hellboy. Oh, yeah. That has the World War II. Yeah. And I, oh, Hellboy. It's, I can go uh, on and on. That's one, of my yeah. <laughs> that's one of my comfort movies. And movie I actually seen today, uh, The Boy and the Heron. It's another one. It, it just came out today. It's the no, new. Like, uh, <laughs> it's the new Miyazaki film, Studio oh, Ghibli, gotcha. you were and it's me supposed to be his last okay. one. I watched that today. It's the same thing. You have this character. Uh, it's going there in the war in Tokyo, but then he moves to this new place and he finds finds this tower, and in this tower is this whole fantasy world. And but it's again juxtaposed with the real life shit happening. Yeah. So no, I love I love Miyazaki for that. Like, because uh, all his movies. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, like Nausicaa, I got the anime oh, shit Nausicaa down there. Nausicaa is my favorite anime of all time, but but because I love that favorite anime of all time, Nausicaa. Okay, I mind pro- probably Princess Mononoke. That's right there too. Yeah, yeah that's that's one of them. So yeah, I, I, yeah okay, shoot, mm-hmm. yeah, okay, bet. Um, but no, tracks. Well, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, tracks. Uh, no, but mainly because, or not mainly because, one of the reasons why is I love aviator shit. And I love steampunk aesthetic, and I love so I love the, the I just love the aesthetic of that movie. Yeah. Now I see, I'm like, oh shit, like that just be a great yeah, world a to live movie. in. That'd be a great world to live in. And she's such a, I think she's an underrated heroine uh, character because yeah. What, what I liked about it is when she had to protect her dad, and she turned into Xena all of a sudden, but she cried right as she yeah, had to kill inner strength people. and vulnerability, yeah. but strength in it, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, we're going off on a tangent, but then this oh, yeah. part when she's like, <laughs> you know, happen. leave my people alone, but take me. So I'm like, she's a, a selfish hero, I, uh, but she still fall, uh, folly. She still fucks up, but but in a good way, you know what I'm saying? Well, with pans, it's kind of to bring that back <clears throat> is. What Guillermo del Toro does so well, I think, with all of his movies is it'll he'll bring you some dark shit and then he'll grab for beauty within it. Like yeah, there oh, is just mm-hmm. like you'll still feel like you're wrapped in a warm blanket, but you're having to really go through your shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's kind of like how it's processing. And that's and, and some people would say, oh, his stuff's a little too dark or or call it depressing. But, you know, yeah, I think I think yeah. more I don't know if what you'll, I don't really assign myself to labels, but like that approach is real though. Mm -hmm. And so, but there's, there is still ability to find beauty in life, even if you're going through a whirlwind of shit. So do you have a favorite Guillermo del Toro movie? Is it? I would say, I would say in between, I would say 
this would be my Pan's like off the top of the head favorite of his. All right. Um, have you I, seen enough to have a ranking or do you yeah do you i mean I, yeah I, I don't yeah i don't really get in the weeds with it i kind of like oh i love i love the way i felt when i watched that or mm-hmm. i remember this and because i think with old favorites too well you know ones that we'll watch over again um you ex- you're a different person every time you're watching it yeah and man, so your experience yeah. i just watched the, re- the matrix trilogy you know last week and I'm like, you're, I'm picking up a lot of different, different things. Shit. Yeah. So I didn't, I didn't pick on it, uh, pick up on uh, to my most recent rewatch of it was actually this year. But with the with the parallels between, because like I said about reading shit on philosophy, like the Plato's Cave yeah. allegory, well, I didn't realize that's all the Matrix was. Well, and then just the the very Buddhist elements. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So when you get to the point with taking the pill, he's like, you can go back, you you can. Go back, or I could show you the real world. But there's no going back. Once you leave that cave and see light, them shadows ain't gonna make sense to you no more. And also, you won't be able to explain yourself to people that only yeah. see shadows. That's what I've been learning. Uh, as a person, like we, I think we all are. We grow up and we only see shadows. But once we emerge from that proverbial cave and start seeing colors and light, we, uh, I think we we want to go back and we don't we don't realize that we can't. Yeah. And then I think that's where. And this is where we really know ourselves and find ourselves. Because this is your impasse. Now you know the truth. Oh, what you gonna do with it? Like you know what I'm saying? Exactly. So. And it's like when with Del Toro, he explores. I think really moving through loneliness. Mm-hmm. Like you oh, see Ophelia's yeah. loneliness. Yeah. You see yeah. the mother's loneliness. You know Carmen's. That's loneliness. why I'm so excited that he's doing a Frankenstein movie, dude. I heard and he about said that. it's been uh, however many years in the making. However old, however old he is, he says it's been this many years in the making. And I, I personally yeah. can't wait for because I, I think this is gonna be the first one we get that's really close to the book. Now, I'd be lying if I said, oh, I grew up with Frankenstein's my favorite book. But this year, in my quest to read, just it was on my list this year. So I've actually read the original book yeah. this year uh, for the first time. And I'm like, damn, this is a good-ass motherfucking book. It is. <clears throat> and it's like I had I read it years ago, a long time ago. Yeah. I um, want to reread it. But yeah, I, it was mostly out of respect, like, should, like a woman wrote that. Mm-hmm. That's why it and, was... Uh, and she does, she gets overlooked a lot on lists. <laughs> That's why it, it, it was funny about it when reading it. You're like, yeah, of course a woman wrote it. <laughs> certain oh, things, do tell. Uh, well, no, <laughs> because no, but no, I mean, I, I mean no, that easy about that one. No, I mean that in a good way because yeah. when you hear her describe the relationships between Victor and his friends, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. He, oh, ain't no dude go describe it like, but it's so yeah. beautiful. No, I'm yeah. saying it's so elegant, but it's like, um, and and what I think the movie, and I'm sorry, what I think the book. Is about with that uh, with that great sin that Victor commits. I think it has a lot to do with infide- infidelity and shit like that. Yeah. I think that the proverbial monster that Frankenstein doctor created that then he ran away from as soon as he created, and then that that deed follows him through his whole life. You know yeah. what I mean? So I think taking that perspective from it, reading it, knowing... Um, kind of like societal commentary, too. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, this, this, that, that's why I love that, that, that aspect of it. But it's the beauty and the horror of it and when like the, simil- the similes and shit. So when I say like, I, I could, uh, yes, I believe it's a lot of emotion. Yeah. And I don't think men are really emotional like that until we learn to be, you know. I think, yeah, I think you're told it. not to yeah, be. I we think fight you definitely because, are. Yeah. <laughs> but then when we realize we are, it's like, when we realize. We've been socialized to not show it. To not show it. That's mm-hmm. what I'm saying. Yeah. So 
that I was just telling my friend, like, this, you reach your age, and like, damn, I want to do over. You told me to be like this right. for 10 years. Then you told me to be like this for 10 years. You get a do over every day. I did. Bad. No, I'm with you. But then you grow up and it's like, oh, why don't you do this? Why don't you do Well, y'all told me not to do that shit my whole fucking life. Like, damn. Um, no, so that renewal of it. Um, and I love the renewal. I know uh, you get a do-over do every day. So, no, Mary Shelley is actually one I, um, I read this year. It's a few uh, female authors I read this year. Uh, I, are you familiar with Lindsay Ellis? No. She's mm -hmm. a content uh, creator. Mm -mm. A little break in the action. But, no, she wrote Axioms In, a sci-fi book. This All is, right. Yeah, no, I really, I really dug it. Uh, and because I watch her YouTube channel... It was like a little Easter egg she threw in there that from being a fan, I'm like, okay, that, that's cool. Right. And that was another reason it was like on my list to read. Uh, Mar uh, Maria Konnikova wrote uh, Think Like Sherlock Holmes. Um, oh. Yeah, so uh, I, I kind of dig that because you said you you focus on um, reading things with... I like authors different from my, my life. Yeah, I like other definitely. experiences. Yeah, so, well, yeah. It's, I think it's important to... I think it's important to read stories that aren't yours yes yeah so it with, with my selection is like uh i'm just going across the world it's like eastern shit um uh, uh russian shit uh all kind of shit a uh, german shit and it's just but it's cool to hear other people's stories i'm really into eastern philosophy but i'm really yeah. into yeah but I, but 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 then i'm into um i'm into like a like modern day shit too but it's yeah. i love how it's in concert you know have just, you let it, read a lot of herman hess i have not yeah. but i'll write it down siddhartha siddhartha's good okay okay no yeah. yes yes this is why we're here but yeah, um, right we're way in the field no so no 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 <laughs> so, so wrapping up this movie any closing thoughts on guillermo del toro and uh his films that they mean to you that are or this movie in particular i think or we've, you get we've covered a lot of it i think the takeaway was that like, like I can be able to expand on the integrity aspect and just to be true to mm -hmm. what you, and it is a very, um, you know, not, to, I, I don't like coined terms, but we'll say the divine feminine. Okay. Um, it's, Ooh, it's, uh, it's an exploration uh, yeah. of like, you know, Doused. like, yeah. And it's, it's kind of like, you know, there's, there's the very real exploration of, of how they really felt going mm -hmm. through and very conflicted and very real. And the, this, the fear was real. The sadness was real. The tragedy was real. There wasn't this presentation of a quick way out The you know, she died, <laughs> yeah. you know, so it's, but she died knowing she, she was smiling as she died because yeah. she saw the end because she was okay with the way she lived mm -hmm. her life. It's very short life, mm -hmm. but same. But a, but yeah. a life. Yeah. yeah. But a life. So what it's, they, what do they say? Um, is the, the, the flower that blooms for a day, that day is just as significant as the oak. That when they give that whole years. parable of the rose yeah. story in the beginning, you know, oh, I'm sorry. Go that, ahead. The, when, when her mother, she wants her mother to t tell her a story, mm -hmm. um, to tell her the story of, of the baby basically like mm -hmm. and it it's just it's just she she we would call it dissociation but she's in a lot of ways processing and oh, we, bad, we like bad, to look at it's, it's a fine balance sometimes mm -hmm. you are escaping and that's okay sometimes you need to escape sometimes you need to live in the fairyland for a while and I then come back my, I, i'm a self-proclaimed <laughs> escapist but but i am present you know what i'm saying but i just 
it's something I learned, and I've been saying it a lot. I like to take intellectual vacations. Yeah. So, but I didn't know that was a thing to do. But, but no, it, it's a thing to do. Take, and I don't mean intellectual like whatever some shit that you don't care about. You know, what I'm enjoy saying? the Just experience. Enjoy the experience, and take that take that vacation. What um. What does a Frank Ocean say? Rosa marijuana, mm-hmm. that's yeah. a cheap vacation. <laughs> exactly. Nah, man, just, yeah, yeah, yeah. So in saying that, everybody knows how much I love Guillermo del Toro. I love all his films. Uh, Hellboy is one of my favorites. I love Mimic. I love yeah. um, Pan's Labyrinth, Pacific Rim. Uh, Shape of Water I like. Uh, but uh, And then Crimson Creek. And, and I, I even like are your uh, Afraid of the Dark... <clears throat> the but, one with the clocks. I'm like names are escaping my. With the who? With the clocks, I I'm uh, Kronos. Oh, that was like his first one. I oh, actually I, haven't seen I that, love one. that one. Yeah. yeah. So everybody, so it's so. You can ne- see him develop the child hero trope. It's daunting. There, it's like there. You could see the progress and with something like Pan's Labyrinth, a little more polished. You know, mm-hmm. which isn't necessarily better, quote unquote. But mm-hmm. like you can see the how he's kind of evolved that mm-hmm. trope throughout mm-hmm. time. So I'm definitely looking forward to him doing uh, Frankenstein. So yeah, with Pan's Labyrinth and everything you said, um, I dig. I do love his pers- uh, character perspectives that he tells. I do love the characters he chooses to tell his stories through. Um, and again, him being a fan of the monster genre, and I grew up like that too, even though people be like, oh, I'm watching this crazy shit, you know, you're going to be one of them weirdos. Da, 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 da. So I was supposed <laughs> to live in my mother's basement for the rest of my life. I'm like, nah, this shit is just interesting to me. You know what I'm saying? That, or maybe it's maybe I can relate to it because my environment is fucked yeah. up, you know? So I'm like, cool, other people go through fucked up shit, but you know what? They tend to make it You can through. find beauty. Yeah, that's yeah. What, I think that's the point. Oh, the least. beauty is, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, yeah. Yes, you can find beauty in anything. Oh, okay, we can end it like that. I think that's the main <laughs> crux of most of his movies, man, mm-hmm. finding the beauty in anything. Because this movie is sad, depressing, but it really is beautiful from the aesthetics, acting, music. I do love the music. I love the message. I love everything. It's a modern-day fairy tale. I'm glad that it uh, it does have a cult following. I'm glad people still bring it up. Mm-hmm. I'm glad Guillermo del Toro, as a filmmaker, has gotten more recognition. Uh, he's our... Proverbial Alfred Hitchcock, as far as you put him in his lane, he's Guillermo del Toro is a standard for his lane, you know. So, so I like that. So, anytime I get the wax poetic, philosophic, or just whatever, fan out about a good movie and him, yeah. So, a good experience, basically. The good, the good fucking experience. his movies give me an experience, yeah. yeah. Have you seen the new Godzilla? I have not. All right. We'll talk about it off the mic. Cause I <laughs> Got it. <laughs> but anyway, so so go ahead and tell your name again and what you do. Then we go end it. Alicia Labyrinth Art Collective, run a local art collective, and nerd out about a lot of shit. And and there you go. And then I'll post our tagger and everything. I post so any information you need, you can uh, follow the on IG. What is it? Uh, Labyrinth Art Collective, L-A-B-Y-R-I-N-T-H, Art Collective. So That's thank, the handle. Okay, thank you for another episode. This has been another episode of the Holiday the 13th Podcast. I am your boy, and we out here, as always, be good, speak truth, make beautiful decisions, and always stay dangerous. We out.